Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you that we are alive. We are well. We are here before you. We thank you, Father, that you continue to pour out your mercy for us. You are ever willing to offer grace as soon as we ask for it. You don't judge us for what we really are capable of. But you just go with who you are and what you stand for, and that is love. And today we reflect on the difference there between love and between your law. What is it that you are really after? We thank you, Father that you keep calling us by name to come to you, to draw and drink from you again, to receive of your love, of your mercy, but also of your wisdom, of your enlightenment, of your anointings. There are numerous gifts that you are, that you have kept for us and are ever willing to give us. As soon as we come back to you, and you quicken us in our spirit so that it's out of that quickening that we are drawn towards you, we are drawn to know you more, we are drawn to find out more about you, Lord, and to love you more in that process. We thank you, Father, for all that you do, that you do to work on us, that you go to work on us to lift us up in our spirits that we are able to transcend levels from living in the flesh, from living in darkness, to achieving layers of light. And all through that journey, just as Jesus promised, you are with us, you do not leave us, even unto the end of time. And every time we commune with you in our spirit, you are ever willing to, and you pour your peace and your joy into our hearts. And we share the same Lord today with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and praying family. We share it with Christians everywhere that do not yet know you, with all those that do not want to know you. We share it with all those that we are lifting up at our altar of prayer today and those that have no one to pray, to, pray for them. As we offer our faith to stand in that gap, Lord. And as we remember all of these in our prayer today, Lord, we call on your name, the name of our maker, the name of our creator, the great I am, who dwells in the midst of the cherubims, the one who is ever faithful, the ancient of days, the God of hope, the God of peace, the God of patience, the God who is a consuming and a refining fire. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus, the one who is our cornerstone, the one through whom we have salvation, the word himself in whom are hidden all riches and treasures of wisdom. And it is he who enriches us in all utterance and knowledge. When that word is made flesh, made real to us and it becomes the truth. It's not just word anymore. It becomes alive and active. He is the Lord who heals. He is the way, the truth and the life. And we pray in the name of his spirit. 
the spirit of the living god the spirit of jesus the spirit of truth the spirit of freedom the spirit of light this he was made his tabernacle within our body and this he who partners with us to bring god's revelation into our hearts to make the word come alive it is he who is our comforter our advocate our intercessor our counselor our strength our strengthener our standby it is he who is the seal of the age to come the scepter of the king of kings we thank you father that you have blessed us with the gift of your word and the gift of life you have blessed us lord with the gift of angels with destiny helpers and the gift of prayer where we can legally authorize you to step into our circumstances we thank you father that you have blessed us with every spiritual gift in the heavenlies and you meet all our, you have offer provisions for all our needs you meet all our requirements in accordance with your riches in glory through christ jesus we thank you lord that you are doing a new thing in us every single day and with every new revelation that you pour into our hearts you empower and encourage us to come closer to you in our relationship with you and to come closer to that position of abundance and dominion that you have planned for us right from day 1 when you first made man we thank you lord as we make our prayer and our reflection this morning a cover and seal every word we speak every prayer we make as well as every member of every family that is part of this prayer group by the precious blood of jesus we put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will for each of these lives lord we call the angel of the lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm sin danger accident injury pilfering theft hijacking terrorism any kind of natural disasters and spiritual attacks I command that angelic protection and i declare divine exemption in the mighty and all powerful name of jesus we also herald the power in our spoken word as we proclaim your word lord from isaiah 55 verse 10 and 11 it says as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater so is my word that goes out of my mouth today and it will not return to me empty but will accomplish what i desire it shall not delay it shall not tarry but shall be achieved in full achieve the purpose for which i sent it when i send it in faith in the name of jesus thank you lord for the power of life on our tongue and the discernment to choose life in every circumstance that we must speak into thank you jesus today i'd like to reflect on what god is looking for in our approach to him and the bible says many are called but few are chosen and in that process what is he really looking for he is a god of relationships not laws that is all we need to remember from the start of creation he first made man and he looked for one that is like him that carried that kind of a heart 
but man sinned and broke away from that connection. And ever since then, God has been working to restore it, even if man isn't working towards it. We continued to sin, kept on sinning. But God kept on coming closer towards us. He did not give up. To the point that he gave Jesus to be sacrificed for our sake. Now talking of, or speaking of that relation, <clears throat> sorry, speaking of that relationship, in John 14 verse 21, Jesus says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. At first, when you read this one, this scripture, one might think or be led to think that following commands, he said, whoever has my commands. So following those commands and laws equates to loving him. Now from the Old Testament, that might look like being the prime requirement. When Moses was given laws, Israelites had to live by law. And if they failed, then there was punishment. We all came under the law. But then God introduced Jesus into that equation and through him, through his supreme sacrifice. So that's the sacrifice that God himself made for our sake. Nothing that we did to draw nearer to him or to come close through that atonement that he himself made for us. We are able to come closer to God. But when you look at this scripture here, one might tend to think that if we obey his rules, we are good. But that's not what this verse really means and it's not possible either. We, can, we cannot completely obey all his rules. We will always fall short and that's the reason why he introduced grace. So here what Jesus is really saying then is... Keeping his commands is how you know that the person loves him. It is not by keeping, your, keeping his commands that you demonstrate love for him, but when you love him with all your heart, then you will do nothing that displeases him. One that loves Jesus will honor him by his work and will keep his instructions out of reverence, not out of fear. It is the law that is feared, but love goes the extra mile to honor. And that will be noticeable in their behavior as well. Daniel 11 verse 32 says, They that know their God will firmly resist the wicked one. It is not they that firmly resist the wicked one will then know their God. It's not the other way around. They will uphold all that the Lord has taught and instructed them about and will resist sin with all their strength. They that know their God. So it is not to keep the law, but out of love and reverence for God that they resist sin. And that's exactly what John 14.21 means as well. And when these 
that love him and keep his law, then reach that stage in their relationship with him. Then he and the father, like he said, loves them and will make themselves known to the person. They will reveal themselves to the person. Now let's look at Revelations 2 verses 4 and 5, where he says, You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Here he's talking about someone who has forsaken or given up the love that they once had. One who once loved Jesus when they started out. But then life happened, ministry happened, all other things happened, miracles occurred, blessings were received, and the very gifts that God gave them have now become their preoccupation and they don't have time for the giver himself. This, unfortunately, is the story of many Christians who appear to be well-meaning and have started off well with God, but have now gone slack. And if that is our story, then we need to wake up. There was a time when we were in desperate need and we prayed real hard. But all we really prayed for and wanted with all our heart was only that need to be met. Is that what our intention really was at the time? Or have we been sincere in our prayer, but have gotten so busy with doing other things, have gotten so busy with ministry, that we do not have time for His presence? And at times there are other believers now where we've moved from seeking his presence reduced to seeking his favor and that's all that really matters all that they really care about some don't even want to call on him all they want is a preacher you pray because God hears you they want a preacher or they want a man of God to pray and inquire from God for them and then come back to them and answer them. And that's just like what the Israelites did. We see in Exodus 20, as the Israelites reached Sinai, God said he would speak directly to them. But we see in Exodus 20 verse 21 that they pushed Moses forward. They were afraid. They pushed Moses forward and asked him to inquire on their behalf while they stood at a distance. Yes, they stood at a distance, far. They didn't want to come near God also. Now, what is God actually saying? All he's saying is, come to me. But they wanted to keep a distance and all they thought was, in fact, only about themselves and not God. And you can see that it is evidenced in all their grumblings. That is why they grumbled all the time only about their needs. What about the water that is bitter? Where is food for us? 
we were better off when we were in Egypt. And one might think they were under slavery, always under the whip, being hammered, had to work long hours, no time to rest. They were not given enough straw to make their bricks as well. They and their children were slaves. And yet they thought that was better than where God was taking them. They grumbled about food. They only bothered about the here and now. They didn't have a long-term perspective, but more importantly, they only bothered about here and now and themselves. Is that what our prayer looks like? Meet this current need that I have. And it is all that I'm really bothered is only about me. And so when their prayers get answered, we become like the nine out of the ten lepers that Jesus healed. They never came back. Is that what our prayer life looks like? Now let's go back to that part of the journey through the wilderness in, in the book of Exodus. We've seen one side of it, the Israelites who wanted to stay far from God and sent Moses forward to inquire so that he can come back and give them uh, an update on what God has said. Let's look at what Moses thought on the other hand. When you look at Exodus 33, Exodus 33 was 13 onwards, Moses prayed, if you are pleased with me, he's praying to God now, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you. So I may know you. And then continue to find favor with you. Look at that prayer. Teach me your ways so I may know you. He wants to know God ways, God's ways. And more importantly, he wants to know God. The only man in the Bible that has met God face to face is saying that. Teach me your ways so I may know you. That itself says a lot. All he cared about was knowing God and his ways. He didn't care about needs. When you look at those Subsequent verses there from verse 13 onwards in Exodus 33. You see Moses saying, God, if you go with me, then only I go. If you do not go, I do not go. Do not send us without your presence. He didn't talk about needs. And all he spoke about was knowing God more in that relationship with him, even though he was not to enter the promised land. He already knew that. And yet, all he cared about was just this. That I may know you more. In Jeremiah 29, verse 13, God says, You will seek me, and you will find me only when you seek me with all your heart. Are we seeking him with all our heart? Are we seeking him as a person? To know him more? to come closer to him, to build a relationship with him? Or are we only seeking the gift that he can give? Look at the content of your prayer. 
if it is more of give me this give me that rather than give me you then there is a problem in our prayer that we need to correct all that god desires is for us to know jesus look at what paul says in philippians 3 verse 10 he says i want to know christ yes to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. He wanted to know Jesus to the extent where he could become like him, participate in his suffering. God wants us to seek the creator, not the created things. Remember Matthew 6.33, he says, Seek first the kingdom and then all these things, the created things, shall be added unto you. But first seek the creator. Seek to come under his kingdom, to come under his rule, to follow his ways, his systems. That what Moses, that's what Moses was praying about as well. And that's the same thing that Paul is praying about here as well. So when you pray next time, we need to examine our prayer. And even if we are praying a prayer of use me, or are we praying, I want to know you more. Now even that prayer of use me for your glory is also a selfish prayer. Many of us make that mistake. I did it as well until I realized what it really is. Because even there, it is all about me. Use me. How will you use me? Empower me with this, with that, and with that, with this anointing, with that gift. It is all about me. It is not about what is your kingdom agenda? And where do I fit in? What do you want me to do? Now, what is God really saying? Am I that cheap that I will use you? Do you use friends? Have you ever been used before and what does that feel like? Do you still feel the love in that friendship when you feel used? He doesn't use people. He empowers them through anointings. After they have expressed their free will to align with him, to join with him, to bless others. Using is not how relationships work. And God is a God of relationships with us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that as we get down to examining and reflecting on our own prayer life and our relationship with you, when it comes to light, Lord, reveal the truth to us, not in a way that we feel condemned, because that is not your way. But we know that you always convict. We know that you always raise. We know that you always point out the scope for improvement. And I ask for that grace, Lord, today in all our hearts. That even though we may have messed up, we may have got it wrong earlier. We may have failed in how we approached our prayer. We come back again, Lord, and after repenting, to turn around and to seek you with all our heart. And we ask for that grace, Lord, to love you more, to love like Jesus loved. 
and to stand up as we love you and to learn to love you more and know your ways than to love our neighbor as ourselves. And then what Jesus said in John 14.21 makes complete sense. I ask for that edification in our spirit, Lord. And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease, for all families that are embattled, for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives, especially that of busyness, prayerlessness, ignorance and poverty. And we pray, Lord, for our own personal needs, those of our families and our friends, especially those that are not yet saved. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And as we release our faith and our prayer, making this a prayer of agreement with each other in the spirit, we believe that we have received, Lord. We believe that this prayer is an answered prayer in the name of Jesus. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift, release your tongue and your faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So
in the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus. Amen, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Scripture that was put on my heart this morning is from Galatians 5, verses 13 and 14. For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love be servants of one another, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbour as yourself, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you are not consumed by one another. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a scripture that has been shared in the chat. This is from Joshua 22, verse 5, quoted from the NLD, where it is written, But be very careful to obey all the commands and the instructions that Moses gave you. Love the Lord your God. Walk in all his ways. Obey his commands. Hold firmly to him and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these morning encounters, Brother Savio's, uh, powerful daily reflections, our daily divine mercy and rosary sessions, as well as the Friday Bible study sessions. Please share those. Either share links for them to join on Zoom or YouTube or point them to the recordings that are available on YouTube, Spotify or our Facebook page. Also a reminder about a Bible study session for this Friday. It is a continuation on our series on altars and what you need to know about them. That's the fifth part where we are learning about altars, how to know if there is one working in your life, working against you. The role that an altar plays in prayer and how you can build your altar of prayer. We've shared links on our Telegram group. Please share that message with others and invite them to come and join us. You can also share the Telegram group and invite them to come join the group. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory.
Be blessed and have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless Thank everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. God bless everyone.